0: There's a reason why millions of people decompress with painting. Why the Bob Ross YouTube channel has hundreds of millions of views, and that's modern-day viewers. Painting is an emotional release. But it's also creative, and as a hobby, it can be really rewarding. But painting is also messy. It's expensive. It represents a luxury of time and resources a lot of us don't have. And in a time when everyone and everything is competing for our attention, day in, day out, while we're doom scrolling, a lot of us have dreamed of sipping a cup of coffee, slowly, methodically attempting to recreate a beautiful landscape, just one patient brushstroke at a time. But if you're like me, two working parents, munchkins, school, it feels like a pipe dream, some, something for retirement. Not anymore. I'm so excited to dive in with the creator of Vermilion. Effectively, this is an oil painting simulator in virtual reality, but it's so much more than that. I think Thomas, who we're about to talk to, has unlocked something really beautiful here. This is VR Pod, the virtual reality podcast. I'm Danny Porter. Let's dive in. We are here today with Thomas van Berg of Mountain Studios, talking to us from South Holland, Netherlands. Uh, welcome to VR Pod podcast, Thomas. Yes, hi, Danny. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to have you on to talk about this really, really incredible piece of VR software. And I just want to say it right. I think I think Vermilion is is a masterpiece. Uh, I think you've captured what this technology is capable of and where it's going. Uh, so to kick off, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself, your journey that led to, you to create Vermilion?
1: Yeah, so um, I've been a professional, uh, like, Unity and Unreal developer for the past, like, six or seven years. Um, And my first introduction to VR was when um, at my company where I was working at the time uh, for my employer, we got the Oculus DK2, like, the development kit 2, in, like, 2016. Um, for just one, one small project we, big, we did back then, but when I first tested the device, I was immediately like, you know, awestruck. You know, like the first VR experience, like you know, this is really something else. Um, and since then, like really, the VR bug has bitten me, and um, I want to do more with it. But at the like the the job I was doing was um, for museums and for um, commercial like enterprise use. Um, and there wasn't that much of a VR market, so I was always like hoping to get a new VR project. But the, usually it was just like regular like projection mapping or touchscreens or phone-based AR and not a lot of VR going on. So I've always been sitting on my hunger to do more with VR, right? So I started doing it in the, in my spare time and got the the original um, Vive headset, um, and then started prototyping. You know, doing projects in Unity on real on the side. Did like a project where you can. Ride on a dragon's back <laughs> and uh, fly around, you know. I just start testing stuff, and then um, I don't know. Um, I think at the, the end of 2020 and going into 2021, my girlfriend and I decided to go on a trip around the world. Right, so we had quit our jobs and um, we wanted to do a six-month travel first to Southeast Asia and then to South America. But then COVID hit, right? When we were in, like, even not even halfway into the trip, we had to return haphazardly because you know everything was closing down. The locals were very wary of tourists, you know, we had to come back. So we uh, came back to back to Belgium, stayed in an apartment that was luckily available to us because we uh, didn't have a place to stay for ourselves, right? We also couldn't go to our parents, obviously, because you're not allowed to see family members are allowed to see friends. So we are kind of locked off in this back in this part of the world, feeling down because we had uh, quit our jobs. Uh, we had uh, quit our, our our travel, most importantly. Um, so I was kind of looking for some peace of mind I kind of rediscovered um, Bob Ross on YouTube. You know, he has this really Zen quality to him. And I figured, you know, this could this could be like a fun thing to try in VR you know, to paint along with him. So I made a quick prototype of, um, and uh, yeah, I posted on, on LinkedIn, which is my only social media back then. I uh, didn't have Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, even though I only had like 60 or 70 contacts, it, it went kind of viral. You know, there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of positive feedback from it. And it seemed to be like a thing that people wanted to do, right? There was like a lot of people who resonate with the idea of finally being able to paint along with Bob without you know the actual cost of, of all the setup. If you have a VR headset, and yeah, kind of since then, I I just kept working on it. You know, I kept um, I kept at it. So yeah, that's basically the origin story of uh, of how I got around to making Vermilion. That's
0: awesome. I I love that Bob Ross is also kind of at the heart of this story because everyone oh, yeah. everyone I've told about this has been like, wait, my cousin even the other day, he's like, you're telling me, I can pull up a YouTube video of Bob Ross. And sit there and paint like a wet on wet style painting in VR, and he was all over it. He's like, he's like, well, I'll see you next year. He's like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> um, so I know you've you've had an active uh, Discord channel for some time, and I heard about Vermilion was coming to Quest two several months ago. I, I'm in um an immersed co working channel, and someone was like, this is going to be the next big thing, and he's like, you can get a if you go in, they're beta testing it to the to the standalone Quest. What has the response been like since going from, you know, the, the early stage with LinkedIn to to an active Discord, to tethered VR, to now bringing Vermilion to this very large, untethered audience? I mean, I'm seeing it everywhere. So what's that been like?
1: Yeah, it's been a, a, like a steady growth, you know, starting off with, um, with it being just me, you know, doing development. And then I, I put up my, my Discord channel pretty early. Uh, and there were like you know I don't know two people in there just idling <laughs> waiting for something to happen. And then um, I I announced it um, and and I think maybe June or something of uh, of last year originally that, w- that was coming to Steam. Um, and then I was lucky that Upload VR um, picked the story up um, and they said it was going releasing in in um, in the summer. And then my first beta tester started rolling in, right? So I was being very, very lucky with some very talented beta testers in the original phase who are like digital artists and traditional artists. And they've been, have been really vital in giving good feedback and I've implemented all of it into making the experience what it is today. Um, and then, yeah, it, with Steam, it was, it was organically quite successful. You know, when it, when it launched, uh, even though I had like zero marketing and also no idea how to do any kind of marketing, it was still in top selling for for over a week, you know, even like top three spots. Um, so yeah, there was definitely like a lot of resonance with people who want to try this, um, and the same now with the with the crest release. And yeah, I mean, it's it's just so amazing that there's this ever growing community of people, um, and there's always like two camps: there's the people who have never painted before. And they're like, you know, I, I didn't even think I had an interest in painting, but I've picked it up and I can't put it down since then. You know, they really discover this new side of them, which I think always is amazing. And there's also people who are um either traditional painters or digital painters who are used to creating, and they really see the benefit of it. You know, they they really enjoy the way the color is mixing realistically, uh, and they mostly just saying you know, even today there was a new review saying like, you know, I love painting, but I hate the mess of it. I hate the setup. You know. You need, to, you need to get all your stuff out of the closet, put everything up, you know, by then you've already wasted an hour. Uh, and then by the end of it, you need to clean everything back up, you know? So, and now it's just like, okay, you put on the quest, like even, especially now it's untethered, right? Just put on the quest and done, you know, you're, you're ready to go instantly. Um, so yeah, people really appreciate it. And I think it's, it's been an incredible ride. And I think one, like one of the most, um, I don't know, sort of surreal experiences of it is um, uh, there's a couple of, um, built-in tutorials like on YouTube, but they're made in Vermilion. Of course, you can also follow along with like normal old paint tutorials, you know, but I also wanted to have um, very many tutorials in there. And one of them is with me showing how to do a Bob Ross style painting with Vermilion, you know, just the, the best use of the tools, because of course, you know, it's not 100%, you know, you can always do more with a real brush, you know, the way Bob uses his, his brushes very creatively. So, um, I I do a tutorial where I do this archetypical style Bob painting with like mountains in the background and a pine tree there and the snow on the mountains you know the typical thing, and so there's um the video has been watched like over ten thousand times already and there's all these people who are now learning to paint for the first time with me so every day in the Discord there's people showing like, okay, this is my first painting ever, you know, and it's, it's my painting, you know, and so surreal that I'm like in a way this virtual Bob Ross of of the quest generation. It's like, yeah, it's it's a very surreal feeling. It is
0: so cool being in that discord in where people are posting their art and they're so proud of it. I mean, they really are. And you're watching it come to life. I, I mean, and I like how you say there's different camps. There's people that have been painting all their life and they're coming in and they just love being able to put on a headset and and do what they've always done. But there's this whole other subset of people that have maybe always wanted to paint or maybe they didn't know they wanted to paint and now they're they're digging in. And some of these works are, I mean, actually a lot of them are just very good. Like people are really putting hours and their heart and soul into these these pieces of art. I saw the other day Someone had it printed and was going to start to use it as artwork on their walls. And I even had an idea. I'm like, boy, what, we just built a kid's room. What if I did like a planet themed kind of art all for my for my three year old who's like obsessed with the solar system? Like there's so many ideas you could have here. So are there any stories as you've been watching this art just come alive that have really stood out to you or any, any particular works or particular stories from people that have really connected with you?
1: Yeah, uh, the first thing that that jumps into mind is um, just like you said now with with your child, um, one of the Discord members uh, a couple of months ago now, I think um, they let their I think six or eight year olds uh, into VR for a short time just to mess around with with painting, you know, because normally, you know, if you you get actual painting tools for children, there's going to be a lot of cleanup involved. Right. So let let them have their creativity uh, loose in VR. Uh, and they had a great time, and then they actually, as a surprise, the father printed their artwork and put it up in their own bedroom. <laughs> so, so you know, it's like a very surreal experience for for the six or eight year old, you know, to have painted something in VR and then suddenly to have it in real life, you know, in your own room. So that was like a really fun story. And yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of people um, who have like I know really discovered this this new side of them and like I found purpose in a way, you know, that there has been um, back in the Steam release, someone contacted me and they were like, you know, I really want to thank you personally for making Vermilion because now I'm part of this community creating artwork. And, you know, they, they didn't really know what to do with their life at that point, you know, um, and then they found this community and they found that, you know, they, they can actually create good looking pieces of art, you know, and it really gave them a sense of purpose. So I think it's a very beautiful thing. And yeah, I'm um, every day, like you said, you know, every day I'm 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 amazed to see what people are creating. Um, and yeah, pouring hours into it. One of them, uh, one of the very active members of the official Facebook group, uh, his name is Jeff. Like every day he's making sometimes even several paintings. <laughs> he's like, he didn't paint before, you know, but since, since he got on Quest, you know, he's just unstoppable, just, he's been doing, all of the Looney Tunes characters you know sharing it with everyone he knows <laughs> he's just like he's really into it and he's just really become creative and you, you see this progression you know, with many people uh, some of them paintings are just insanely good and they and and people are asking you know did you paint before you got into Vermillion and they're like no you know vermilion is the first time I painted and the, the progression is just insane you know for the people who are following tutorials on YouTube and putting in the effort to to learn it's it's really impressive. So, yeah, plenty of stories and, and just always amazing.
0: And Thomas, you're a solo developer, which I think is just amazing. And that's one of the things I love about VR right now. I mean, these are the pioneers, the trailblazers of this new technology, and they're not these big, massive budget shops. Like, you can create, if you have the initiative and the talent of this kind of best-selling software, and you're already, I'm seeing, taking advantage of some of these even relatively new features. I mean, you probably know when the Quest came out, it wasn't it wasn't really built for hand tracking and other things and pass through. You've utilized the pass through really quickly. Do you see yourself continuing in the short term to update your software as the Quest changes over the next several months to the next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely. Um... Very interested in using any features which can enhance the experience because pass through, like I said, is a very new feature and was also very experimental for applications to implement it. But um, it was as soon as I learned about the possibility of having it in there, like really a, a priority for me to to also utilize it. And I've gone to great lengths during the during the porting process to make sure that it does actually work. It's it's not that straightforward. Um, But it was something which I knew would give like a a huge benefit because I think one of the, especially for VR, one of the big um, like hurdles to its use is that you're locked off from the external world, which is beneficial if you want to, you know, if you want to be fully in the zone, free of distractions that's amazing you can just immerse yourself in whatever environment but sometimes you just want to sit in your living room and still be able to talk with your partner or have a look on on your baby if they're sleeping well you know you don't want to be completely closed off you know i read this article from the from a journalist who said like you know ever since i became a father i was unable to use my quest anymore because i can never have like a second of not being able to check if they're okay you know and I think, okay, posture is like a really um, crucial feature that, that breaks down this barrier. So I really wanted to have it in there. And the same when, when new features are coming along, I'm, I'm definitely always interested in, in using the new features which come along. So hand-tracking, hand-tracking is a maybe at this point um, because there are benefits to using the controller which from me because you get the haptic feedback when you're pressing against the canvas. So the haptics help you to know if you're, if you're colliding and you also get all the button inputs, which are definitely making your life a lot easier. You know, if you need to do undo or redo a stroke, it's a lot easier to have a button input than making some kind of hand gesture or having some kind of floating UI. So hand tracking is, is, a, is a potential, yes. Um, but not one that I'm, I'm pursuing right now, but I'm sure there's a lot more coming. Um, also even considering stuff like social VR, um, one of the big features that I'm I'm adding first is going to be like a gallery feature that you're able to um, expose your own artworks or do an exposition along with friends, you know, and then and and do a like a, a little gallery show, you know, invite people over on Quest, and then these social interactions will also become uh, interesting to have. So yeah, as the technology progresses, I'm I'm all aboard, especially with the new generations of hardware. Like we know that Project Cambria is uh, going to be color pass through. So that's going to be really interesting to use with an application like Vermilion that you're going to be able to paint, you know, on plein air, (laughs) Um, actually paint from real life, but with a virtual easel. that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah.
0: Looking to the future, what are you most excited about with, with these new technologies? You mentioned the Cambria. I think they're planning that, what, for the end of this year, even it could come out. Apple is coming out with their own headset. There are other competitors. I mean, they've seen how successful the Quest has been and how it's really blowing up. Uh, you know, looking way down the line, what are some when the as the hardware changes? What are you most excited about as a as a developer of VR?
1: Well, honestly, I think one of the the big things for me is actually there's like a user comfort, um, because like right now, like the Quest is is. Kind of unreally <laughs> in a, in a sense. It's a pretty heavy device, you know. And for me, it's fine, you know. I, I, and I think probably for all for all grown men, it's a, it's fine to use. But for my girlfriend, for instance, she can't really use it a lot because um, it's just very front heavy, and she's also glasses wearer, and it's very uncomfortable to use with glasses. Um, so I think that going forward, like user comfort, would be a big thing. It needs to be a lot lighter. Um, like just smaller in form factor, um, built-in diopter, like they are probably going to have with the Cambria, you know, with the uh, pancake lenses, um, good built-in audio, you know, and yeah, of course, color true. So I think all of these, like, just basic comfort features are not to be taken, taken lightly, you know. Uh, I think even more important than adding stuff like, um, like, I don't know, mouth tracking, which is, I think one of the features which are also coming soon I think like just basic comfort is, is a lot more important because you know you open up to a wider user base and the possibility of using the, the device for you know, longer sessions. I think the people who are using their headset for more than an hour are really like the ones who are really diehard right now. It's it's you know, there's still a certain fatigue to it, you know, it presses against your face, you you yeah. get the rate of the of the device, you know. So uh i think that's is it going to be a, a major a major thing just to have like a super lightweight device uh, on your head instead of you know this big this big old clunky toy which you currently have to put up with
0: one of the things that jumped out to me right away with vermilion is that it it really does make painting accessible and you got into l- a little bit about this with time and and space and just the cleanup afterwards but also there's the cost like painting is expensive and that's a lot of setup for a lot of people to engage in in a hobby like this and my wife has always loved wet on wet painting but gosh we have a one-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old and -a a basement room and you know there's not as much space for that not as much time um, so that hobby has kind of fallen by the wayside. This has really excited her. Have, have you been hearing that story? Like, uh, Have you heard that from other oh, people?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the active members, um, she is um, professionally a, an illustrator for children's books. And she said like, oh, she used to love to do actual painting, right? But she lives in an apartment. And normally, you know, when you do real old painting, there's all fumes involved. You know, you've got the paint thinner, which is toxic. So you need to have good ventilation in your room. And she said, like, yeah, it's impossible when you don't have like a proper studio environment, you can't do actual painting. And now she's got vermilion, and she's like so excited that she's able to take this hobby, which she used to have, this passion that she used to have, and still you do it without, you know, the, the limits that you get of, of, you know, the physical environment. And yeah, and plenty of people have the, have the same sentiment. You know, you you're normally don't have the dedicated space for putting up a canvas and getting all the equipment. And, there, and people are also saying like, you know, I, I do have this stuff, but this saves me the, the money for being able to experiment first. So they will do like, um, they will experiment with their composition and their, you know, I know their next piece in vermilion first before dedicating their recurring equipment costs, you know, like the paints are indeed very expensive, so they can just, you know, do all their practices, their studies they want, and when they want to do a real physical piece, you know, then they break out the paints. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, there's uh, been quite a few people who are um, uh, voicing this, you know, that this is just a more accessible and cost-friendly experience, of course, provided you already have a quest. But then again, I think with the cost of materials, you can probably, if you're, if you're like a, an avid painter, I think you can probably make back the investment for the Quest pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> Very true. Um, Thomas, it, it's been awesome talking to you. I think this is great software. I loved hearing your story, how you came up with this, the whole process. Um, is there anything you'd like to leave uh, listeners of VRPod with uh, today?
1: Uh, yeah I think just in general if you're listening to this and you're thinking you know is painting something for me or not at all I think you know just I want to invite you to give it a try it's not as hard as it may seem and for many people it's just this this very zen experience So I think just you know discover maybe this new side of yourself and you know without all of the hassle that you normally would have I think it's uh, very much worth your time to, to check it out to see if it's something that might suit your interests. Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for having me, Danny.
0: This has been VR Pod, the virtual reality podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I would love your feedback or your ideas for future episodes, so please send a note to Danny at vrpod.net. That's Danny at vrpod.net. And leave a review, subscribe, and have a wonderful week. Danny out.